Welcome to Spirit Body, a podcast about bodies, spirituality, mental health, and how they all connect together. I'm your host, Lauren Donaldson, a therapist, astrologer, and intuitive healer. So start by closing your eyes and taking a few breaths. Just connecting with your body through feeling the movement of breath in your body. And I'm gonna take you through just a little visualization meditation, which you can probably do safely if you're driving with your eyes open, of course. But if you can, it might be cool to close your eyes. And start to imagine that we live in a world where there is nothing wrong with your body. Imagine that you go to sleep one night and when you wake up in the morning, we no longer live in a fat phobic or ageist society. So you no longer worry about losing weight or getting cosmetic procedures because there's nothing wrong with your body or your face or anything else about you. What do you think would be different? And how would your life be different if this were the case? What would you do differently? And how would you move through the world? Would you make any different choices? Is there anything that you've been delaying that you would just go for if there was nothing wrong with your body? How would you approach dating or intimacy? What would you wear? What about the type of work that you do? Would any of your life goals be different? And for just another moment, think about in general, how your life would be different and how it would feel if you never thought about your body negatively because you just knew inherently there was nothing wrong with it. It was perfectly fine. So I know that those were a lot of questions. So feel free to you know, do what you will with them. Pause, do some writing, or just kind of sit with that if you've never thought about that before. Or maybe you have and you still think about it more. But anyway, I think this is a really interesting exercise because in reality, there is nothing wrong with our bodies. If we strip away the societal narratives and judgments around which bodies are good and which ones are not, the truth is that there's nothing wrong with your body or my body or anyone else's body. And narratives around good, bad, or healthy, unhealthy bodies are so pervasive that it's hard to even see them as narratives. Any narrative that is so deeply embedded in a worldview is really hard to see as just a narrative or one way of thinking about something. In my experience, the first step towards liberation or any sort of body acceptance is at least trying on, like you were trying on a new dress or a pair of pants, the idea 
that whatever you told yourself about your body is only one of many possible narratives. So even again, if it feels hard to see it as a narrative, just try it on for a moment. So it's not like, boom, you have a new worldview. You're just kind of seeing like, okay, this is a this is something that I could maybe possibly consider. And when I was in the worst years of my eating disorder, I would guess that thinking about my body or what I was or wasn't eating probably took up upwards of 50 to 75% of my brain space at any given time. And there were periods where every decision that I made was somehow connected to changing my body or ways for me to eat or not eat or engage in a situation or not engage with it because I was just so ashamed of how I looked. And when I started recovery, one of the very first things I noticed, even in very early stages of recovery, was brain space. And of course, in the beginning, it was a very small amount of space. But like a whole hour would go by without me thinking about losing weight. And at the time, that was a huge relief. And slowly over time, that brain space got larger and larger. And I started to fill it with stuff. That's when I started writing. I did the artist's way for the first time, which I'm sure I'll talk about at some point in the podcast, but it's one of the most life-changing books that I've ever read. Uh, I started getting more into the non-physical aspects of yoga. I could engage with my friends more fully because I wasn't concerned as much with what they were or weren't eating or how my body compared to their body or if they were judging my body and so on. And I know I have become a significantly more interesting and well-rounded person since being in eating disorder recovery. All I used to think about was controlling my food and my body. And so I didn't have much else to think about. And since having a disordered relationship with food and body is normal in our culture, it doesn't make it okay, but it is in fact the norm. I wanted to just invite some inquiry into the question of what would fill the space in my life if I wasn't worried about my body or my face being wrong in some way. And for some people that are listening that are not obsessed about changing their bodies, maybe there's only like 5% of your brain space dedicated to not body shaming or worrying about wrinkles or whatever. And if that's the case, you know, it's probably not that dramatic, but if you are like me or you were like me at some point, you know, thinking about how wrong your body is, maybe not even, you're not even consciously thinking about it, but it can still come out kind of sideways, like not going on dates, even though you really want to be working towards finding a relationship or something like that. I, I think this question is really worth considering just what your life would be like if you started to challenge the narrative that your body was wrong in some way. And full disclosure, like I am far from perfect at this. Like I live in the same world that everyone else does that is fat phobic and ageist to its very core. 
and it gets to me and it's hard. And sometimes I do wish my body was smaller. And I've learned that if I can slow down and check in with those thoughts, I can usually get to the root of them and ask myself, what am I really needing right now? Like when I'm having thoughts of like, uh, like I wish I could lose weight or like, I really like wish I was a smaller size. Almost a hundred percent of the time I'm needing love or reassurance or comfort or acceptance. And sometimes I can get that from my partner or my friends. And sometimes I have to give myself that reassurance. Sometimes I literally have to close my eyes and say, it's okay that you want your body to be smaller. But what's underneath that is always a desire to be loved and accepted. You might think having a smaller body will help you be accepted, but it won't. And I'm not trying to ignore the realities of thin privilege. People in larger bodies experience oppression at every turn. What I'm saying is that we don't love people for their bodies, not really, not authentically. Anyone that you love dearly, you probably never think of their body as one of the reasons that you love them. And so with that, my friends, take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time. If you're enjoying this podcast, leave me a five-star review. That'd be really cool and it would help other people find it too. Thanks for listening. Until next time.